0: I'm Julie Moran, and I am so thrilled to bring you my podcast, Limitless, boldly tackle your next chapter. On today's Limitless podcast, Nicole Christie, writer, podcast host, and entrepreneur. She shares her very personal story of physical and mental recovery from illness and cancer, and how that led her to a radical personal transformation. Nicole explains how important intuition is and how it can help us find the truth that our bodies are trying to share with us. Nicole, it is so great to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited.
1: I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much, Julie.
0: You know, I was looking and um, you are a podcaster, a writer, an entrepreneur, two-time Microsoft alum and You've done improv. Is there Mm -hmm. anything you don't do? (laughs) (laughs) I I think I'm kind of, I'm a
1: dabbler. I like to try a lot of different things.
0: (laughs) Wow. I mean, how, how many, I mean, how do you interchange and go and have that many different careers in your short life? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, I guess I've had a lot of different chapters. Um, and, and I'm now embarking on another one. Um, but it's, you know, it's a Microsoft lifetime. Then I was an entrepreneur, I moved from Seattle to New York. And while I was in New York, I started doing improv in addition to starting my own business. And then I went back to Microsoft. And now I have my own business again. So, um, you know, it's just... Uh, You know, I like to try a lot of different things and it's not all at once. So that's probably, you know, the good quote, right? I think it's Oprah about uh, you can do, you can do anything but not all at the same
0: time. So I think that's probably my 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 favorite quote is you can have it all, just not all at the same time. Exactly. But you can have it all, but you just can't have it all at the same time. You are 100% (laughs) right about that. I like that too. You know, I first want to talk about your survival story because you've really had two major health scares. And why don't you just walk us through that a little bit?
1: Sure. Yeah. So it started in June of 2019. And um, my then husband, we are uh, since divorced, but um, we had been long distance for seven and a half years from Montreal to Seattle. He was in Montreal, he was in Seattle. And we were about to come together uh, here in San Diego, where I'm based now. And it was, so it was like an exciting time. Right. And I was working at Microsoft at that time, so there was a lot going on, you know, with my work and working in tech. And um, and I got a, uh, I had an autoimmune reaction to a very simple virus, uh, Coxsackie virus or hand, foot and mouth disease, which children get. Yeah. And no one knows how I got it. I don't have children, I hadn't been around children. Um, but ultimately uh, I ended up in the hospital for a week and I was released the day before we had to move here and I wasn't able to move here with him because I lost multiple layers of skin and all of my toenails during that time. It oh just, it was like a purging. Yeah, it was horrifying. And I, you know, doctors said, you're going to your parents, uh, to, to, rehabilitate. You're not able to move for a while until all of this heals, which ultimately it took nine months to heal. But it was, um, it was a wake up call is how I refer to it. And I had a couple of friends who are healers one's an acupuncturist and one's a meditation instructor. And they both said, do you think it's symbolic of something? Mm-hmm. You know, your skin is your ultimate boundary. And maybe think about what that means to you sort of metaphorically or metaphysically. And I realized, you know, I was not setting good boundaries in my life. I wasn't taking good care of myself. Um, You know, just people-pleasing, like truly people-pleasing where other people's needs were met and mine were not. And so that was sort of the first step of this and then it took ultimately nine months to really heal took two years for all my toenails to come back and then that was march of 2020 when i finally was like i'm healed i can go out in san diego i can get into pilates again i can you know i i can meet people and then you know obviously march 2020 we all know what happened in the world at that time and shortly after the lockdown uh, in california i found a lesion uh, in my eye on the inside of my eyelid And uh, it was growing rapidly, but no one could see me because it wasn't considered life-threatening and it wasn't COVID. So I didn't uh, get a diagnosis until July of 2020, and I found out I had ocular cancer in my conjunctiva, which is like the skin of your eye. And ultimately, that journey was uh, until June of 2021. So it was, you know, 15 months from the time that I found it, but you know, a year of three surgeries, um, multiple immunotherapy treatments, which I sort of call chemo light, uh, you know, interfere on directly into my eye. I live in San Diego. Uh, there are no ocular oncologists here. There's only 300 in the world. And so I was going up to LA, which where there's a center of excellence at USC Roski up there, um, getting my treatment. And, um, and ultimately came back at my last appointment in February, 2021, the cancer had had come back. So uh, I then had to have this radical surgery to have the cancer cut out of my eye. There are very graphic photos on here for mepodcastcom because I tell this story in the first two episodes of the podcast um, and have my tear duct rebuilt. The tumor was around my tear duct. And that also was an interesting uh, sort of metaphor to me that, uh, you know, my skin and, and the metaphor of being the ultimate boundary and then also my eye the cancer settling, you know, around my tear duct. Well, uh-huh. what is that symbolic of, you know, emotions? And are yeah. you expressing yourself? And are you allowing yourself to feel your way through things? And also the eye uh, was my left eye, you know, is uh, some cultures believe it's, it's really the window to the soul, the eyes being the window to the soul anyways, but particularly the left eye is very symbolic. And I just reflected on that a lot while I was going through treatment of what am I not seeing clearly in my life? And also what emotions am I repressing by being busy all the time, by having a crazy career, by, you know, what is, what am I not feeling? And I had a great therapist, um, that I started seeing in April, 2021, who walked me through a lot of that with somatic experiencing and schema therapy and, um, and ultimately realized, uh, you know, I, that I was, um, being emotionally and verbally abused, And that was happening from multiple people in my life, but particularly in my marriage. Right. And, uh, and still, you know, beyond that, it was another, you know, almost a year and a half of healing and working with this wonderful therapist and, 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 finding my way to the other side of that and realizing that I needed to make radical changes in my life beyond the first wake-up call with my eye, that this was really, uh, or sorry, that with my skin. This was really the eye-opener, um, quite literally, that said you have to show up differently for yourself and the world. You have to find your purpose, and you have to turn your pain into that purpose.
0: I'm curious, do you think if we tune in to our body it will talk to us and it will also be a compass for us in a way.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, The body is definitely a beacon. It certainly was for me. And and when I reflected on this, I realized there was a lifetime of things that had been happening in my body, rashes, GI issues, migraines um, that, you know, if I looked back on certain times in my life when those things were really flaring up, it was very obvious to me now with this new perspective of the body as a compass, as you said, um, that my body had been talking to me in many ways all along. And I think, um, certainly there are times when something is purely physical and it may not be, but I think it's always worth reflecting on what is my body trying to tell me about how I'm showing up in the world
0: and what's going on. That is so interesting to me. And also the word resilience just, popped into my mind when i think about you what do you think and where did your resilience come from yeah
1: i i think for me um my resilience really came through uh the truth mm. and and being honest with myself um i don't think that i had been and um i i had been allowing myself to not see things that were happening just turning you know, metaphorically, a blind eye, right, right, to them, um, and not trusting my intuition. So my intuition is really strong, but I was constantly excusing it away. Um, I was, you know, honestly being gaslit in, in certain parts of my life of starting to doubt what my intuition was telling me, or believing that someone else knew better than me, and giving all of that power away to someone else. And so for me, the resilience came from, I I really had a wonderful therapist who specializes in narcissistic abuse Mm. uh, recovery, who gave me what I call an emotional toolbox of learning to tap in. What is my body telling me? What is that telling me about how I'm feeling about something? What is the message through that? And how do I learn to trust that? And for me, that process of just going within is where the resilience came from.
0: Wow. And there's a quote in the Bible that I love that says, the truth will set you free. And mm-hmm. what I always tell my daughters is if you listen to your intuition and you listen to that little truth box, it will guide you, direct you and and set you free or show you some things that you need to be freed from. Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly what it is. And that's, um, that's often a painful realization sometimes, right? Sometimes yeah. it's, Um, empowering. Well, I think it's always empowering, but sometimes it's a, it feels, you know, like a, like a weight has been lifted. But, um, I think one of the things I realized is in tapping into that, the truth setting me free required me to make some very difficult choices that I hadn't wanted to make of leaving this marriage that I'd, you know, fought for, for a decade at that point. Um, because it really, it wasn't, it wasn't that it wasn't just serving me. It was actually damaging me. And, um, and that's not to, you know, point fingers, I, you know, I played a role in that as well. And I enabled things and, and, you know, turned away from myself and, um, you know, the, the alignment came with making the very tough choices. And I've talked a little bit about that of, you know, we can, it, therapy is a very important first step and, and something to continue. I've been in and out of it for 23 years. Um, but also at some point it's like, you have to take the aligned action, that you know you have this new toolbox this new skill set this new truth that you're seeing setting you free may not feel good and right. how do you you know make the tough choices leave the relationship get into a relationship because maybe you've been avoiding it leave the job start right. a business oh, yeah. find a passion right that the, the thing that terrifies you is often you walking towards that truth
0: you know i want to ask you when and what inspired you to start and create the Hear for me podcast.
1: Um, it really was born out of this journey, my own journey of healing and self discovery. And I started thinking about this topic and feeling like I wanted to have these conversations and tell this story in November of 2020. So I was, you know, just at the beginning of, cause I didn't get diagnosed until July of 2020. So I was just at the beginning of my cancer journey. And that was kind of when the seed started to germinate. Um, and it took almost two full years from that point for me to get through the cancer. Um, and then I just needed to take some time off for myself and really reflect and integrate everything I had learned and been through. Um, I ended up leaving Microsoft in October of 2021. So I was declared cancer-free in June of 2021. And that's when I really started to, to think about it. You yeah. know, what is what are these stories that I wanted to tell? And ultimately, I realized the biggest lesson that I learned was the power of choosing yourself. And how the best self-care really comes from the inside. That's what this journey taught me. That, I mean, I love my massages and pedicures and all the things we all do. But really, when you have self-awareness of how you're showing up, compassion for yourself, self-respect, and self-integrity, which I think is ultimately, that's when you start making those choices that align, um, that are hard to make and scary. Uh, I realized, ah, this is a conversation we can have. And there are so many people who have learned this lesson, whether it's through, you know, devastating loss, um, near death experiences, health journeys like mine, um, job loss, people who have realized I haven't been showing up for myself. How did they learn to do that? And that, I mean, but it really didn't come to me until September of 2021. And then it took another year for me to work through, you know, continue working through all of the emotional um, sort of, uh, you know, tribulations that I was still carrying from this journey. And then we launched in October, 2022. So it was almost a two year process, but you know, I, um, I was inspired to have these raw candid conversations with people that I felt
0: like people were really craving that level of connection after the pandemic. Absolutely. your Hear here for me podcast is about choosing yourself. Why do you think it's so hard for us or for so many people to choose, choose yourself, bet on yourself? I think uh, particularly in our culture and
1: in Western culture, um, you know, we're taught that that's selfish. Mm. We're taught that that is, um, you know, not something to strive for, and women in particular. Uh, it, it, you know, we are we are raised to be selfless, others' needs, our families, um, and 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 that speaking up for ourselves is, uh, you know, not being nice, not being kind, not taking from other people, not realizing that when you come from that place of choosing yourself and putting yourself first, you actually can almost give more. You can be more to other people because you have this full cup. I, it took me forever to realize that. So I think it's just really, um, you know, a a cultural expectation that a lot of us have trouble, um, recognizing isn't really true.
0: You know, you're on my limitless podcast and I want to know if you agree with me that women or men or anyone can pivot at any age, and change and evolve.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And truly at any age, I would say this is probably my fourth chapter. Although I feel like at this midlife point, um, it really is the one that I feel, Oh, I'm finally on the path I'm supposed to be on, or I've found a purpose. Uh, and I think it's really, you talked about tuning into your body. It's also tuning into, um, what direction do you feel pulled in and just going in that direction it's really hard and it's really scary but you feel pulled towards you know whatever if it's a career change if it's a different place that you want to live um just walking towards that and and sort of facing fear and being courageous at any age I I mean I'm, I'm literally here to say doing that as scary as it has been it's like oh this is the chapter that's always been there waiting for me and it took me you know decades to make the choice. So I love to see, you know, what you, the people you're talking to on, on your show who are doing the same thing again, at any age, Absolutely. it can be sure. any time Careers,
0: at all. Pivoting, yeah. evolving yeah. at any age. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And multiple chapters of them too. Midlife is a, is a huge one, but certainly, you know, at any point,
0: I just, I'm curious, you've had so many chapters, how have they evolved and moved with each other? Mm, Or have they? Um,
1: Yeah, they've actually fed into one another. So if I think about, uh, you know, I pretty much started my career at Microsoft and I'd always wanted to be a writer. So I'd been a writer all through school from, you know, being seven years old and been a storyteller, you know, narrating family road trips from the age of four and then the backseat, my parents would just, you know, give me a cassette player. And I'm like, (laughs) just talk into that. Like we can't listen to her anymore. Um, so storytelling and writing had always been something that I wanted to pursue professionally. And you always think it's going to be, you're an author or a screenwriter or something. Um, and I ended Up, finding my way into uh, communications at Microsoft and and working in tech because I was living in Seattle. And that gave me this skill set that was very marketable and valued. And then that took me to New York, which was a chapter I always wanted to have just personally. And I ended up getting recruited by a big consulting firm, and it was real glamorous and exciting. But it took me to New York, where I always wanted to be and then i ended up buying my way out of that contract wow <laughs> uh, 10 months in because i realized well the job wasn't the right thing and starting my own consulting firm my own communications firm and so you know microsoft gave me the skill set that fed me to entrepreneurship which was something i'd always felt pulled towards but i didn't know how i was going to do it and i didn't know what i was going to do i'd thought about this right out of college like i think i kind of work, want to work for myself i feel like maybe i'm not built for corporate So that fed into that. And then, you know, New York fed into the improv dream, which, you know, growing up and being a big Saturday Night Live fan was always something I felt pulled towards. So that led to that. And then ultimately, I went back to Seattle, again, followed my heart back to my hometown, took my business with me, went back to Microsoft, suddenly just following that pull of like, I want to do something different in the communication space. And I didn't know what that was. And that two years into my Microsoft journey, so this was 2019, um, I ended up hosting a talk show series that just randomly a colleague of mine was like, I'm producing this for one of the teams at Microsoft. Does anybody want to host this? And I thought, well, I have improv training and I'm pretty comfortable public speaking. So sure, I'll try it. And then from there being offered to host a podcast and produce a podcast. And now that gave me this skill set. And then I felt pulled again. I think it's time to go out on your own. And then Microsoft fed into this recent entrepreneurship journey. So it's just it's funny how they've built on one, one or another. yeah, exactly. Yes. They've just built on each other. And um, and I'm always grateful to Microsoft. I sometimes say it's like my MBA program. Right. Every time I work there, I learn something new. So yeah, absolutely. It has. Um, they, they've all fed into each other.
0: You know, I'm curious. You used to host, I think, some Microsoft town employee meetings, like town hall the town meetings. Hall? What did you learn most from those meetings and those Mm. interactions with people?
1: You know, I I think the the biggest lesson I took away from that, as I um, hosted those with the senior leadership team, with the CEO and and the senior leaders at Microsoft, is that um, everyone is human. And I think it was maybe easy for me when I first started doing that to be nervous or a little starstruck by, you know, this is arguably one of the most powerful businessmen in the world, you know, Microsoft is fights with Apple for being the, you know, most uh, valuable company in the world and realizing we're all human and we can connect on a human level. And that was um, probably the biggest lesson that I took away from it. And also that we supported each other through that. They're looking to me to, you know, make sure that I'm feeding questions to them from employees and that they understand the context and and how to respond to it. And that was a skill set as well of really partnering live in the moment. You know, this, (laughs) you know, this better than anybody. Um, But uh, just, just recognizing that there's, uh, you know, it's, it's not hierarchical. Um, We're working together and collaborating. And that was an important lesson for me to take away from that.
0: And then you became an entrepreneur, started your production company, uh, Tala Productions. Tell me what, what your specialty is.
1: Yeah. I work, um, with organizations and, and, and individuals on storytelling and it really feeds from particularly those two chapters at Microsoft, uh, being able to tell stories, whether you're, they're written stories or thought leadership pieces, um, or it's, uh, producing a podcast. So I work with organizations and people to produce podcasts um, or they're doing a keynote. I did a lot of that work at Microsoft with executives on putting a keynote together. Sometimes it's 90 minutes long. That was the longest one that I did. Wow. Uh, or it's, you know, something on camera, you know, we're doing video production and it's scripting. And, um, and so it's, it's, I call it kind of multimedia storytelling. It's, you have to get you know on the page on the mic on the stage on screen and you you need to say something tell a story i'm the person to put those words together and work with you on how do you tell it and how does how do you make it authentic to yourself
0: that must be so fulfilling for people they come to you they they have a story or they they're they're going through something and yet they don't quite know how to tell it or put it together yeah. and then you've got all these skill sets that have come together. And so you're telling me that you're able to take them and help them write their own story.
1: Exactly. And a lot of times it's, um, I think the area that I, that I really sort of specialize in is the more raw and vulnerable that story is, uh, the more, you know, that relationship benefits from, from, you know, me partnering with someone on that. Um, it's something that, uh, I just take that, you know, very easily. And, uh, it's, and it's a really beautiful thing to help someone else feel comfortable and safe in sharing that story. Something that feels, you know, vulnerable or maybe a bit emotional and, and, um, holding a safe space, which is what I do on here for me as well. And so here for me is kind of a model of how does that work, but, being able to hold space for somebody as they work through that and then coaching them to tell it um, in a, you know, compelling but very sincere and emotional way. It's very rewarding. Would you consider
0: yourself to be a, quote, life coach?
1: Uh, prob- probably a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly not like, a, you know, certified. I, I, I have friends that do it professionally and are, and are certified. But I think that the coaching piece of it is, uh, you know, is definitely a life coaching piece of it is definitely part of it.
0: Well, when you've had so many <laughs> things happen to you, like, you know, your, your, your cancer, your health scares, narcissism in business and in a marriage, and, and you've been through all these things, you really are more capable of helping someone and coaching someone because you've been there. You've, you've been yeah. through it. Exactly. And, and that really
1: is that piece of it of I think of purpose through pain. Um, I was unable to go through this experience and just return to my life as it was. Mm. It, I mean, I was just I felt very called. And this is, you know, a bit of a spiritual side to it, like very, very called and um, to figure out how to do that to help other people, to be of service to other people. And, and you know, my whole life I've said, I just want to write things that, that reach people or make them feel things. That was kind of how I articulated it. And after this experience and starting here for me, I realized I really want to um, facilitate healing for other people through words. So whether it's my stories or it's the conversations that I have on here for me, or it's others and the stories that they tell in all these different ways. Um, I felt very called to do that. And I shared with my parents over Thanksgiving dinner, which may not have been the best situational (laughs) awareness, but I, I said to them, I said, I literally something spoke to me, um, at the end of, you know, the cancer when I'd gotten to the other side of that. Uh, it said, you know, something said to me, you've had two wake up calls. You don't get a third. Wow. So you're either going to do what you were put on this earth to do, or that's it. The next one will be the last one. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Wow. You know, I took that very seriously. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, yeah, I took too. that very
0: seriously and in, in making, uh, finding purpose through pain and, and helping others heal. Well, talking about healing, I think sometimes when people are in the midst of a health scare, They wonder how they're ever going to get through it. But you are an example of healing and then thriving. What advice would you give someone that's going through something really tough right now? I
1: think the biggest thing is to stay tuned into yourself and be mindful and really experience everything the journey brings you. Um, I did not bypass my way through this journey, which is something our culture teaches us to do. Again, I speak to Western culture, um, which is just focus on the blessing or focus on the gratitude. Um, it's okay to feel your way through it, to journal your way through it, to go to therapy and feel everything that, you know, I mean, I had moments where I was angry, where I was devastated, where I was, you know, just, I felt all of those things and journaled, meditated talked with my therapist about it. Um, I didn't have a great support network at home, to be honest. Uh, it was, you know, with the person that I was with at that time. And um, and during a pandemic, it was when I was going through this. So I didn't have a huge support network uh, outside of anything virtual, but I had friends that, you know, we were Zoom calling, so I could go through that. I think that is the key to finding the lesson. And I, I, I often say to people, you know, you can't find the silver lining if you don't acknowledge the cloud. Ah. You have to acknowledge the
0: cloud. That's hard. You have to look at
1: it and go, yeah, exactly. And go, this is hard. This sucks. This is awful. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm terrified. You know, I heard the words when my when my cancer came back. I heard the words from my oncologist. I have to operate in seven to ten days to save your eye and potentially your life. Wow oncologists don't screw around with no, the, you know, things shot like you that.
0: straight. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, exactly. So I, th- I don't know that I could have gotten to this place of resilience or, or, or really thriving on the other side of it. If I hadn't just allowed myself to feel my way through that pain and not try to speed through and find the gratitude right away, or, you know, it's, um, it, it was just a really
0: important thing to feel my way through. You know, as we close, um, if there's one thing that my listeners can take away from all of your knowledge um and i know it would be very hard to put it into one you know sentence or sentences what would be the most important thing you know, the biggest takeaway you could give my listeners
1: i think it's trusting yourself trusting what your body is telling you trusting what your intuition is telling you and uh you know a lot of times we're encouraged to Take all this feedback in and, and I'm certainly someone that's always interested in growing and getting better. And sometimes that's key, but you know, and you, and and you said, you tell your daughters the same thing, you know, inside what you need to do and what is right for you and and what you're going through. So finding a way to tune into that, whether that's meditation or journaling or talking to a friend or therapist, um, just trust yourself,
0: trust yourself, believe in yourself and listen to your body you're doing all those things right. And thank you so much for sharing them with my listeners. I know they are going to take a lot away from this interview. And I just applaud you, all you've been through, all you're going through. And you know, it's exciting, all you're going to do that you're the the next best thing is just down the road for you. (laughs) I can't wait to see what that is.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, I enjoyed it. it. Thank you, Nicole.
0: Thanks so much for joining me on Limitless Boldly Tackle Your Next Chapter. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when new episodes drop. You can also keep up with me on Instagram at It's Me Julie Moran. Stay bold, everybody.